think we can all agree some major changes in society have occurred between the early 19th century and now. Technology, the way we communicate, the way we travel, and the way we function as a community. We like to think that we've come a long way in achieving equality, in erasing gender roles, and moving past the set structures of gender and marriage. But have we really? In today's podcast, we will discuss some of the ideas about gender marriage presented by Jane Austen in her hit novel, Pride and Prejudice, and how we could learn from her and from her message in today's world. On the surface, Austen writes a brilliant love story between unlikely mates, a rich, somewhat snobby member of the upper class, and a poor, intelligent girl who presents a clear disdain towards the upper class throughout the novel. But what we have come to realize is that this novel is much deeper than that. In a time where women really could not take a stance against the stigma of gender inequality, Austen is able to ever so subtly portray some deeper ideas in the time where these ideas would not be openly accepted. Masked behind a simple love story, a story of wealth versus love, Austen gives us much more complex world of topics. As Juliana mentioned, this is not just a love story. Digging deeper than that, we found that Austen presents strong themes of gender inequality, gender roles in marriage, gender roles in society, and a strong criticism of patriarchal society. The blanket theme among these four ideas is gender inequality. Pride and Prejudice takes place in a time where women did not have much of a say in society. In such a patriarchal society, certain rules such as not being able to inherit wealth or property whilst being a woman. So it is required that they find a male spouse to be able to have certain rights. During this time, women could not financially support herself, forcing them to find a spouse no matter what. This allows for the men in the novel to feel entitled to marriage and the women to feel obligated to marry for wealth and less of love. So how does Austen show this? In the novel, we see a few different marriages occur, some good and some bad. But there were a couple of characters and events that stood out to us as a clear criticism of the position that women at the time were put in, as far as the necessity of marriage for them. Mr. Collins is a character who, as a whole, represents everything that is wrong with the patriarchal society. Mr. Collins shows blatant narcissism and obtusity in his character. Though his own social status is nothing to brag about, he comes off as extremely snobby and entitled. As an example of this entitlement and idiocy, Mr. Collins attempts to propose to Elizabeth despite being related to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth showing clear signs that she was not in any way interested in Mr. Collins. Jane Austen, however, presents Mr. Collins in a perfect way. As none of Mr. Bennett's five daughters are eligible to inherit his estate, Mr. Collins is in line to be the main inheritor. Despite not at all being deserving of it because of the structure of society at the time of the novel, he will get Mr. Bennett's inheritance before any of his five daughters would. This puts women of the time in an extremely hard position because professions are not readily available for women and they are not able to inherit their family's fortunes. They are pretty much left out to dry financially unless they can marry. By showing this, Jane Austen perfectly displays everything that is wrong with the rigid structure of society at the time. Adding on to this idea, Austen moves towards a very grim and depressing tone when Charlotte is forced to accept a proposal from Mr. Collins only to have a roof over her head. This contrasts the lighter, funnier tone during the proposal to Elizabeth. Charlotte says, I am not a romantic, you know, I only ask for a comfortable home showing the position that many women are put in. We were lucky enough to conduct an interview with an English professor at UConn, Professor Dwight Coder, who was kind enough to provide a little bit of professional insight on some of our themes. 
Professor Coder made one point that really stuck out to us. He finds that Austin criticizes a patriarchal society through the statement, there are no good single men in Austin. Meaning Austin makes her point that women are at a huge disadvantage in society by putting a sort of all men are bad idea in her reader's head. But the idea is not that all men are bad, but in a time where these ideas were not accepted, Austin was able to create some sort of awareness of, of the fact that a male run society may not all be good. And she does this so flawlessly. She hides the idea just enough so that she is not blatantly saying all men are bad in a time where she would receive all kinds of criticism. But it is there to be uncovered and is almost subconsciously put in the reader's head. Though we have developed as a society, we still see a set of gender roles and stigmas in modern marriages, relationships, and everyday life. Today, we all have our perceptions of what men should do in a relationship and what women should do in a relationship. Whether we realize it or not, these ideas are embedded in our heads from a young age through TV shows, stories, and even our own parents' relationships. For example, we might think that men are supposed to make the money in a relationship and that women are supposed to raise the kids. We may also think that men should generally pay on dates and that men should also be the one to ask the women on dates. Women may be thought of as the one who would take care of the house or clean or do laundry or do dishes. So while we have made some major strides as a society, these stigmas still exist and show why Austin's ideas are so important in today's world to make further strides. Even in my own parents' relationship, I see these roles. My father makes more money in the relationship. My mother will usually take care of the house, take care of the kids. And while it's not as prevalent as it was um, back in the time of Pride and Prejudice, you still see these roles. But my dad still does cook, and so does my mom. My mom still makes money, so does my dad. So there's more equality, but these roles are still seen in today's society, which is why Austin's ideas are still so prevalent. To go off that and show how society has developed and how some roles have changed in certain households. For example, in my house, both my parents provide an income to support our family, but my mom is the one who provides more when it comes to money. My dad has always been at home more with us while my mom is at work till late. And when it comes to cleaning and working around the house, they are still pretty equal. But I think it's interesting to see how they challenge the gender norms when it comes to who is at home more, who works more, and who is the main provider when it comes to money. My parents tend to make equal contributions to providing for our family, yet my father still makes a more significant income. There doesn't seem to be very many gender-oriented roles in our household other than my mother doing tasks such as laundry and gardening, and my father doing things like handyman work, showing our society has made great steps. Today we took a deep dive into challenging society's gender roles, genders, and marriage, and Jane Austen presents these themes in a subtle way in her novels. Today we took a deep dive into challenging society's gender roles, gender roles in marriage, and Jane Austen presents these themes in a subtle way in her novels. We discovered that these ideas are still prevalent in today's society, despite the strides we've taken, so more must be done to truly erase these stereotypes of gender roles and marriage. Thank you for tuning into our podcast, and we hope you have a beautiful day.